Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Hello, everybody. We're at episode 31. We're past average. Past average. Above average, even. So that makes me feel pretty good. Pretty good <laughs> enough to have a conversation around mindset. Mindset. Okay. And this is something that we've talked about in the past and we'll talk about in the future and we'll keep talking about because um, the old brain can be a wonderful and amazing way to like push through things that you couldn't even imagine, but it can also work against you too. And very recently, in fact, in the last week alone, I have had a handful of people come and tell me about their experience, concerns, fears, um, emotions surrounding getting on the scale and the scale weight and what that means to them. And like in some cases, like the surprise reaction to seeing a particular number on the scale. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, like this is a conversation you could have a million times over. And you still need to have it a million need times. To keep more. having it, yeah. Have I? Ha- oh, have I confessed? I went back to weighing myself. Oh, remember when I ditched the scale last mm-hmm. year? Um, only very recently, like end of twenty twenty one. Like it hasn't been that long, less than two months probably. Um, but I pulled the scale back up. So what I, made I that happen? Thoughts. You know, honestly, it was I was getting. Uh, I think it was a little bit lazy. Like I hadn't done an in body scan in a while, and that's what I had been using. <laughs> Um, and I just hadn't reported a weight in my, um, nutrition app in a while. And I was like, oh, I don't want to like not drink coffee and not eat breakfast to like, so I could be empty stomached at the gym to do the in-body scan. Um, so I just pulled it out to get a weight to put on there one day and said, I'm not going to care too much about it. And now it's just sort of, I, I don't weigh myself every day, but I'm kind of back to just like using that at home when I need to input a number. So how did you feel when you pulled it out? Were you nervous? I was nervous. Yeah. I don't know if that ever did goes you, away. <laughs> did you try and like talk sense into yourself? Were you, did you like call it out? Because like I'm forever talking to people about like noticing and naming and being really aware of like yeah. things that come up so that you can choose to respond rather than just go bah! and react. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I, I think I was aware. I was like, this is something I said I wasn't going to do and I'm now pulling the scale back out for a very particular reason. So I wanted to like remind myself that it was something I said I was kind of ditching for a long period of time. Um, and I did, I mean, I did ditch it for quite some time, but, uh, I was definitely still nervous. I didn't really know how to talk myself out of wondering what it was going to say because I, was also in a period where I was in a small caloric, still in a caloric deficit. And I was hoping to be like, you know, hoping to see certain numbers. Um, so yes, I, I didn't, I wasn't able to talk myself out of that part. of Like it doesn't matter. And how did you feel when you saw the number? Honestly, I don't even remember what that first number was when I stepped on it the first time. So I guess that's a good thing. Probably mm-hmm. it means like it didn't have an impact on me. Um, this past week, however, <laughs> I saw the number creep up a bit, so it's been a bit of a head game. So when you see a number creep up, like what, you know, obviously, you know, you just said head game, so I'm taking it. You were like, oh, like we've had many conversations about this. What do you tell yourself in that moment and to change the narrative from like, I'm disappointed in myself or I'm never going to lose weight or this is like... You know, whatever the negative stuff is, and we'll get to, like, the whole human brain and negativity in a minute. Yeah. But, like, knowing what you know and, like, having had all the conversations we've had, do you let yourself wallow in that and find yourself kind of beating yourself up? Or do you go, hang on a minute, let's change this real quick? Yeah. I think, okay, so I, I definitely do think in the last year to two years, like, I've gotten better in not letting myself wallow in it. Like, the... 
the fact that I even forgot what it was when I first stepped on it, you know, like six, eight weeks ago is a good thing. Um, but I think the, the, the mental game is just a little different now because stepping on the scale when I'm in a little bit of a deficit, which is means I'm also not like lifting super heavy and January was like a slow start with my training this year because I was coaching a lot more. Like I was covering a bunch of classes at the gym, so I wasn't doing as much of my own training. So when the number was going up, I sort of, the hard part was convincing myself that it's still okay if it's going up a little bit, but knowing that since I wasn't training hard, it probably wasn't muscle, right? Like I'm down when I'm like not in a deficit and I'm training really hard and the scale goes up, I can convince myself like, oh, hopefully I'm building muscle, right? Because I'm training intentionally alongside whatever phase of nutrition I'm, I'm looking at. Um, but I think that was the struggle is like, I was doubtful that in this particular month, it would be like the good kind of weight gain. Because there are times when I don't mind getting heavier if it's muscle. So do you ever kind of stop and think and be like, all right, how how long do I live in this process of I've got to know my weight and what does that mean and am I gaining muscle am I gaining fat or what is going on did I train hard enough did I train too much am I doing the right kind of training like it just listening to it I know sounds it exhausting sounds, it does like, sound exhausting I don't have She's a damn just clue like, what yeah. I weigh right now I have no clue and maybe it's probably up a couple of pounds on a couple of months ago maybe it's not I really have no clue like what I'm working off of now is just like how does stuff feel like the felt sense, like how do I feel personally when I move? How do I feel in terms of the fit of my clothes? Like how do I feel in terms of my mood and my energy? It's like all about how I feel. Like I, ha I have no clue what my measurements are. I have no clue how much muscle mass I have. I have no clue my extracellular water versus total body water right now. I have absolutely no clue. And it's gloriously freeing. And yeah, right now, it sounds this gloriously given moment... <laughs> I do not give a shit about any of those numbers. Like in yes. terms of like muscle, I, you know, for a while I was, you know, with the in-body scanner and I'll get on it at some point soon out of pure fascination. But like I was obsessing over like, am, am I gaining muscle mass this month? Like I feel like I've lifted heavy. Have I gained like even a half a pound of muscle mass? Like have I managed to like eke another half a percent of body fat off my body? And I got really tired with it. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to base things off of feel. Like, am I going into the gym and trying to lift heavy and does it feel good? And am I hitting the kind of numbers I was hitting when I was like doing my best last year? So yeah, I've probably got this about the same amount of muscle mass. And if I'm one pound either way, does it really matter? No, not really. Not at all. So, I mean. So what's the have, secret to that? What's the secret to not caring? Exhausting myself. Okay. And wondering so, so like, really and really. on that. Really yeah. kind of getting to the point where I was like, what is the point? Um, you know, it, it is good to, like, I, I tell everybody that I start working with, like, things like tracking macros. It's a really great tool to understand how best to fuel your body, to understand what is a protein, what is a fat, what is a carb, you know, how do I feel at, yeah. you know, eating more of this, less of this, playing around with it. And to get to the point where, like, being able to eyeball it and just, you know, based off of, like, feel alone, get to the end of the day and be like, yeah, I did a good job. I put lots of protein in my body. I put carbs in at reasonably the right time. Didn't eat too much fat. That's for me. Obviously, some people have different ratios. But it's not, like, I personally couldn't, like, for mental health reasons, spend the rest of my life tracking mm -hmm. every bite of my food and trying to live to a certain set of numbers. I feel like... When I did track hard, because of the kind of person I am, I was so damn disciplined that I learned real fast, like, what it looks like. Yeah. And now it's much more like I care about how I feel. And because I, I, like, really tuned into, like, how I feel, like, I, I know what my body is asking for. Like, I know that I'm not going to suddenly, like, randomly just keep craving sugar because I'm addicted to sugar. I'm not. Right. Like if suddenly out of the blue, I'm like, I need to eat some sugar. Well, that's my body going, oh, hey, ho, <laughs> you sent a little hard. Let's fuel up. Um, but it's probably for the first time in my grown up life 
where it's not that I don't give a shit. It's not that I like, we went out to dinner last night. The most tempting option on the menu to me was the burger and fries. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? Based on what I've eaten through the day already, I know that I'm not going to feel good if I eat that. Not like I feel guilty for eating it. I'm just going to feel right. like, Ugh, choice, but... I did not need to put all of that food, dense food in my stomach. So I had lettuce wrapped like ahi taco yeah. things. And... I walked away completely full. And you had chips and guac. And I had it's not some like, chips it's and not guac. like you yeah. avoided like a tasty no. thing. You just had actually a small I was like, I want chips like... and guac. I wanted that crunch. I love chips. That I'd much rather. I'd probably choose chips over chocolate. Yeah. If there was like treat options. So I got my treat in. I had two decent sized glasses of wine. Um, and then opted for the, the ahi lettuce wrap things. Because I was like, that's, that's what's going to make me feel good. And sure enough, box checked. Yeah. Um, good. <laughs> so it's been a sort of an experiment um and to sort of sense into like how things make me feel and so it's is, is that what is that what you call intuitive eating yeah like, okay i just always like i know we've thrown out some of the like those kinds of words around like actual nutrition coaching and some people are like okay i'm, I'm now ready to move into something like intuitive eating and that i feel like that's a phrase that means something different sometimes to like different people right and it's like, sort of really like I really started to think this past week about how I can best help people move into the phase from sort of like macro counting or whatever they're coming from into the phase where like I'm finding myself and I'm very much sort of, I feel like I'm new on this adventure. I'm not certainly not an expert. Mm-hmm. I'm not been in this long enough to be able to be like, yeah, you know, I feel, you know, pretty good about everything without tracking anything. Um, but like, how do I best move people towards that place so that they have a a lifestyle where it's not like, I feel like there's an obsession right now. We've all got to like strap things on that tell us like every, every time our heart beats and exactly yeah. how much oxygen is running around our body. And it's like, <laughs> it's fascinating stuff and it's good stuff. Like I have an Apple watch strapped to my wrist right now and it's going to, it told mm-hmm. me how much I slept last night and how restful it was and how my blood oxygen level looked. I have another app that can tell me minute by minute how many calories I'm burning based on my heart rate and like the recovery rate. And it's great and it's fascinating and it's awesome, but it's also like, I don't want to get to a point where I'm losing my mind if my battery runs out on my watch and I don't have that data. Yeah. It's like an accessory rather than like a fundamental piece of my life. The same way that like things like tracking macros, it's out there. If I want to track my own macros at some point, cool. I'll tap into it just to see. But it's not something that I can see me living my life by. Like the same way as my body weight. Like when really quickly, when I did that little cut experiment last year. Yeah. And I weighed myself every day and I went into it in really healthy headspace. But really quickly, it was just like, oh, fuck, I got to get on the scale. Of what yeah. do I weigh? And like, even though I know exactly how many different things and scenarios affect what that scale says. And if I got on the scale eight times during the day, there would be eight different versions yeah. of my body weight it was still like oh oh crap what's it gonna say and at the end of that i was just like why does it really matter and in this past week having so many people sort of talk about like the fear of the scale and then the the sense of like the emotions surrounding like seeing that number revealed and what that means and how that can completely make or break your day yeah yeah no it's true i mean the power of those numbers is amazing right like i mean i i know you know lots of people try to get around that by like all over social media you see like people posting ns nsvs like non-scale victories mm-hmm. where like you know they focus on like doing something or achieving something that was like performance based versus weight based or something um and i've definitely tried that but it is still amazing like even even though I know my mindset has come a really long way in the last couple of years, like there, there are still like, yeah, like a number on the scale in the morning can like mess up my day. And I think like now that we're saying this, I'm like, I got to ditch the scale again. Cause I'm pretty sure the only reason, the only way to really get around that or to train yourself to get around it is not get on the scale. Cause mm-hmm. it's too hard to try to convince your brain to not care about the number. Like once you know it, 
your brain's going to want to care in some direction or another. So really the only way is to just not know the number, right? Like not, not even determine the number um, for you to then care about. But. I mean, I put a post out on my uh, Nutrition Coaching Achieving Awesome site the other day about, after hearing all of this about, you know, the scale, getting on that number on that scale, that say you get on the scale at 7 a.m., that number is no reflection of how well you're going to do your job that day. Right. It's no reflection of how nice of a person mm-hmm. you you are or are not. Um, it's, it's no real reflection of the effort that you're putting towards your body composition. Because, like, for some people, we've said this before, too, everybody's so different that, you know, you could do, quote-unquote, everything perfect to be losing body fat. Mm-hmm. And your body may go through a period where it goes, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not changing. I'm because I'm at homeostasis, which we're striving for constantly, and I'm real happy about this. So uh-uh. And so for some people, I would say throw that freaking thing in the garbage. Like yeah. because like I was speaking to one one girl that we work out with, and I was just like, girl, what I have seen you do as an athlete and learn and figure out in the last six months that's what I care about like I don't care whether you weigh 110 pounds 150 pounds I just want to see you healthy and happy and thriving and doing the stuff that you want to be able to do so ask yourself like can I do that and if, if it's if you, like her, she's, yeah, I'm working towards these amazing things. Like you said it yourself. You could rattle off a list of pretty epic physical accomplishments yeah. in the past year that you're super proud of. And it doesn't freaking matter what the scale says. Yeah, those things aren't tied to those numbers. It's true. It's, uh... yeah, I mean, I mean that, that struggle for me just... Uh to tell the listeners about sort of where that came from. Cause that was also, that had to do with before and after pictures, right? Like mm-hmm. I, um, so for those of you listening, I, I took uh, some progress photos in the exact same outfit as I wore the very first time I took progress photos back in like September of 2020, um, which, you know, I thought would be a cool way to be like, okay, this is like the exact same sports bra, exact same pair of shorts. I, I can really see side by side the, the transformation and the difference. Um, and from a particular angle, it was like, I know there's a difference, but it was like, it didn't seem like enough of a, of a visual difference for like how much work I felt like I'd put in in the last what is that? That's more than eight, like 18 months practically. Um, and so that was, that was sort of tough. And then that is the way I tried to sort of mitigate the, the visual disappointment was like, okay, the September 2020 body and the January 2022 body, regardless of how they look, here are the things I can list off each of those bodies being able to do at the gym and out hiking and climbing mountains and it's a it's a really cool list to look at (laughs) side note for the listeners there is a big difference and to me like as a nutrition coach uh, there was a big red flag that came up when you say i can't really see much in the way of a difference because there's two words body and dysmorphia that come like glaringly out of that and when I when I was looking at the pictures and my brain was like that doesn't look that different I was like I think it does look different like I was like I was fighting with my own brain so it wasn't a number it was a a visual you know side-by-side picture but it's true like the same red flag like was there for me of like well crap this is my brain like lying to me basically and my this, brain I mean, is like, messing this up for me <laughs> this is where like having a coach it should be sort of like all right we need to we need to address this this shouldn't yeah. be something that just is pushed under the carpet this should be yeah. like a freaking gigantic red flag saying we got some stuff to do here that is not about weighing and measuring every single bite of food you eat and yeah. tracking every single inch of your body and making sure you know percentages and all the rest of it that's 
we, we, we're like, we need to push, pump the brakes. That's what I would be doing. Obviously, you work with your coach and what you guys do is up to you. Yeah. But yeah. like, I mean... My coach basically told me, your brain is a liar sometimes. And I was like, that's a good mantra. That's a good thing to remind me of. But we haven't actually talked about, yeah, I mean, we, we don't have a very in-depth back and forth. It's, you know, it's more accountability for me. So so the one thing I would like, if, if you could think back, put yourself in like your the starting photo version mm-hmm. of you. And like, I remember back then it was right, it was just, I think you started just after summer and that summer you had declared that you're just probably never going to wear a bikini ever again. Um, yep. and by now you'd probably be living in a bed sheet just, <laughs> and that's all crap. Oh, um, it was the first year of the pandemic. It was a tough one. But like, if you were that person who felt that way, like I'm never going to wear a bikini, like maybe, you know, think really like think about how like clothes made you feel and how you felt when you looked at yourself in the mirror in that moment when you started, if you clicked your fingers and immediately became who you are now, you would have been like delighted. Yes. Right? Oh yeah. It would that yes. You would have been like running down the street in the middle of winter in a bikini. Yeah. I mean we live in Santa Barbara, so that wouldn't be that bad. That actually deal. wouldn't be that bad here, you're right. <laughs> but if you could do Sorry that, listeners in colder climates, we don't mean to brag, but that is true. In that um. moment, it's just like and it's a good thing to think about. If you were stood in front of the mirror feeling the way you felt about yourself and looking how you looked, which was not terrible. My fingers and, and you went that. boom, like a TikTok video, and you TikToked yourself right into the here and now. With yeah. how you look and how right. clothes make you feel and the kind of things that you wear and how much skin you're willing to show off when it's warmer outside. Yep. You'd be like dancing from the freaking rooftops. Right? So- and I think that's where, like, I think most of us at some point should have a nutrition coach, yeah. health coach, some kind of coach to be like, okay, let's get some things in perspective here. Um, and... I think, you know, that's where getting rid of some of these things, like it's so easy to get drawn into the scale weight. It's so easy to get drawn into like body fat percentages and like trying to hit all of these targets all of the time. That's exhausting. Yeah. It is honestly so exhausting. And it's just like, can you really, you know, as you move towards 50 years old, at 50 years old, you're still going to be plugging in every single piece of food you eat, stressing over what the scale says, jumping on an in-body scan religiously every X number of weeks. I mean, I really hope not. Like, like right? Like, when you say it like that, I legitimately hope not. No, it's like, I, and it's become such a habit in my life now to track food and, like, hit certain numbers. Um, and it's good that it's a habit because it doesn't then feel too intrusive in my life. But at the same time, like, I feel like I am... Everything about my life and my body and my sleep and my training is like quantified, right? Like I, maybe I'm focusing on the quality of of it in different ways, but it's, I'm like overly quantified. Like everything is tracked and measured from my sleep to my food, even using like the, the app that we use at the gym to like log workouts, right? Like it, it has a little bar of like how many times you've trained that month and like five to go for the committed club like even that is like you know another point where it's like you should be doing more you should fill in these little bubbles you should yeah so maybe that's it like I feel like I've got I've got like tracking fatigue like I'm even starting to get pissed off at my aura ring my sleep damn that's that you love that (laughs) I mean I love it but it's always been a bit of a love hate but I'm just like I'm a little frustrated with it and I'm like because it's a little I mean it's not yeah, I guess it is. I mean, it's mindset related, right? Like, even if I don't get on the scale every morning, I do have this little device on my finger that tells me how I sleep. And it is very interesting what happens to my mindset where I will wake up and think, oh, I slept like really hard. Like I slept well. I feel like I'm well rested. And then I'll let my ring sink and it'll be like, oh, your heart rate variability was actually really low. Your heart rate stayed elevated. Like, and I'll get a sleep score that's not very good. And then I'm like, oh, I guess I, so then I negate what I was feeling, right? Like the ring tells me what you were feeling is wrong in some way. And then sometimes it flips where like, I'll think I slept poorly. And then the ring will say, oh, your heart rate lowered early. You slept really well. Maybe you should get after it. And then I feel inspired to go to the gym. So it can work 
like the mindset works in both directions but i think that's some of the trouble with like all of us who like track various different things is that it's great data but alongside that you also need to remember to dial into the felt sense like how do you feel yeah fuck what the damn watch says Right. Like, like I mean, if I cool, felt well rested, but that's like, the point of yeah. convincing myself I, I didn't sleep So well. if you like, if you wake up and you felt well rested and you feel like, because you know, like sometimes you wake up and you feel like lean and you're like, oh, wear the damn short. And then sometimes <laughs> you wake up and you feel like, yeah. like you absorbed yeah. a million gallons of water and then you're like, I'm going to wear the sweatpants today. <laughs> Sweatpant day. Um, so, you know, if you wake up and you feel one way, your body's like, this is how I feel feel and then a bunch of different devices in your phone and a scale tells you otherwise and suddenly you go oh well hell actually I'm fat and I didn't sleep well so I probably shouldn't do any exercise because you know then I'm gonna like mess up my strain score or whatever like poor choices suddenly devices which are increasingly accurate and can be very useful like i said i wear one i enjoy the data yeah but first and foremost like a good challenge for you guys out there in the world is to wake up be like before you step on the damn scale before you look at your watch or your ring or your phone or whatever the hell it is that's dictating to you how you perform in life how do you feel how yeah. do you freaking feel? It's like the easiest thing, right? Like it's so we've much easier than getting to do on a that. scale like, or syncing a device. In to 10 just years' like, time, how do I feel? We might as well be running off of microchips or something because none of us are going to have a damn clue how we actually feel because we've got something else telling us how we should feel yeah. about ourselves, whether it's how much we weigh or how well we slept or how, you know, strain score, if you've got a whoop or whatever. Now, it's like, how the F do you feel? Wake up. And check in with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. What is my mood like? Do I actually feel rested? If, if you feel rested, great. Cool. All right. How's your energy level? Like, check in with how you feel and then use all of this data as kind of like an interest. Like, huh, okay. It syncs up. Or that's weird. Like, why is it telling me one thing or another? And then maybe you can track some patterns. If you really want to track some shit, track some patterns between the yeah, disconnect track the pattern with you the disconnect. and your data. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to ask you is like, what do you think is the worst thing that could happen if tomorrow you took off the damn ring, you deleted the tracking app, you threw the bathroom window, bathroom window, bathroom <laughs> scale, the bathroom window. throw the whole window, throw the scale out of the window, and you tracked nothing. What do I think is the worst, what is the that worst thing that could happen? If tomorrow you just went, I'm done. I mean, I know the answer is like nothing. Like, not, right? Nothing bad will happen. I'll I'll get time back in my day. I'll have less. Uh, that sounds like a good stress thing. probably around We're also naming all this good stuff. Things. All good things. Um, this might be the worst thing. I will uh, honestly. I feel like it would it would probably motivate me to maintain my training at a level that I'd probably normally be quite happy with, right? Because I would be, if I am a little worried about like my body comp changing training would be the way to ensure that it doesn't, right? So I would maintain my training probably. Um, Yeah, I mean, I know the right answer is like nothing bad will happen. And I asked for the worst case scenario. My next question was going to be, what's the best thing that can happen? All those other things. But by default, you actually heard it. I was like, well, actually, it's probably all a good thing. Crap, This these conversations happen. And then I like think, I need to give myself homework. Like I probably need to do these things. And I have been thinking a little bit about, like, I said to someone just earlier today, actually, like, for the last 18 months, I've tracked macros probably 90, more than 95% of the days in the last 18 months. Logged everything I've eaten and looked at the macro numbers. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot of time off, like. Uh-uh. Just like think last year when I was doing the make it count group coaching program. So every month we were getting on the in body scanner, just, you know, yeah. 
just out of curiosity, not with any expectations or anything yeah. like that. And at the time, I was not tracking anything. Like, I was just trying to eat mostly healthily, which is kind of what I do. Um, but, you know, I'm a big believer in life balance, too. So I absolutely drank wine and had some treats and, you know, trained consistently. And we would laugh at my in-body scans because it was literally, like, freaking consistent yeah they like didn't change almost no change and that's just from finding balance Mm -hmm. you know and like you know how to create a healthy meal you know the stuff that's true i mean i I mean like probably wouldn't if you stopped tracking do you is it like a trust thing do you think oh my gosh i'm gonna just suddenly wake up and i'm gonna be surrounded by chips and sitting in a bath of wine (laughs) i mean i do feel like that's probably, if you say, like, what's the worst that could happen? I probably would just drink more wine than I should. <laughs> but on the flip side, too, you were also were talking about how, you know, you if you weren't tracking stuff, you'd probably want to make sure you were really consistent with your working yeah. out. Yeah. And, you know, you know, one thing like your ring has been useful for, my watch is really useful for, is a big hi there and hello to how much particularly drinking red wine before bed yeah kind of affects your sleep and you know the last couple of weeks i haven't drunk during the week um like i've I've had a glass of wine or two on friday night but like the whole week it's been like no i just i want to sleep and i want to sleep well because if i'm not training in the morning i'm getting up really early to go and coach in the morning and i just like i don't want to again leaning into that felt sense Sure, I can do it. I can drink two glasses of wine and get up and go train or get up and go coach. But I'm not, I'm definitely not at my optimal performance or in my optimal kind of energetic mood to bring the best to coaching if I've drunk a bunch of wine before going to bed. So I think like given how much you're sort of enjoying training you're going to go climb a mountain in the summer, which needs training for that. I don't think, you know, during the pandemic, yeah, drank lots of wine, but you also weren't really working out. And there was yeah, kind of like first a year was definitely the anomaly of like period of getting out. lost a little bit. Right. Yeah. There wasn't sort of that yeah. same. Yes, you still had your job. You were waking up, but you were at home the whole time. Life changed. There was a lot of uncertainty you were potentially in a slightly higher risk category of COVID. So you were more nervous about that too. So there was a lot of reasons why like the alcohol intake went up. Right. <laughs> but now there's a lot of reasons why the alcohol and you wouldn't choose for the alcohol intake to suddenly explode. Yeah. You got too much other good stuff going on. You've got more distractions now. In that early pandemic stage, we had no distractions. Know, it, was, <laughs> it was like, well, we got it was nowhere to the go. Best time to uh, take up macro counting and nutrition coaching because there was no eating out. There was no, yeah. like, it was like all I had to do was like, let's sure, let's weigh everything. It was I put a great my time, body. <laughs> and especially like you know, it especially if you were feeling sort of a little like lost or like oh, it's something to focus on, right? It's something to do. Yeah. It's something to pay attention to. Like it's a challenge, and you know it sort of keeps things in check when you don't have access to the gym and you're not out and about naturally moving as much. You're kind of stuck in a. We're not living in mansions over here, you know. Right, right. I know. <laughs> so, but like that world, it's not past yet. I wish it was, but it's not. But we can live relatively normal lives again now. You know, yeah. we're back in the gym, go out and about. So there's not that same sort of. I've got nothing better to do than sit at home and watch movies and drink. So it's kind of a different time. Yep, you're right. I mean, it's a, it's maybe it's maybe it's time for a new phase of this. Uh... And what's interesting is that probably, I mean, I don't know, but like prior to starting all of this tracking, the thought of jumping into like all of the tracking that you're now doing could very well have been like, oh, geez, Louise, that's like, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's intense. I don't know if that's something I want to do, but now. You flip the script. So now the thought of not doing that is probably just as like, oh shit, as the thought of doing it in the first place. 
Well, I mean, you know, at the very beginning of all this, I always said what I wanted to do was remain curious. And so I feel like if I'm really going to lean into that, um, I should probably just be curious and, and give that a shot. I think it's also kind of like scale back the, the quantifying trusting yourself, right? Not relying on like an app to tell you, you need to eat this much more and like a, a sleep tracker. Like, like I said, they can be very useful tools as like a sort of a sidekick, Mm -hmm. but they shouldn't dictate your life. It's like, trust yourself. It just in the same way where, when I put 25 pound plates under your hands for handstand pushups, I was like, do it. <laughs> and there was that sense of like, uh, uh, I gotta try it, I guess. <laughs> okay. And then today at the end of a, almost at the end of a decently long workout, you just do nine straight kipping neutral hands, handstand pushups. Yep. And that just came down to like jumping off the edge and going, okay, here it goes. Well, I mean, you, and so far, you're pushing you me off the edge. Landed on your head and snapped me. your neck. So. <laughs> If you do, that's your fault, not mine. Just <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> right. Disclaimer. Um, she doesn't want anyone to land on their head and snap their neck. Um, yeah. I mean, you're So I guess it's the same deal. Wrong. This is me giving you a little like, I know. Okay. Well, and, and, you know, I feel like it, it, it's probably time. I mean, I know like, right. Like, I don't know what the length of time is that you work with like a particular client, but I have sort of also been having this sense of like, okay, is nutrition coaching something I want to like have in my life indefinitely, right? Like at a, you know, right now it is, you know, the most condensed version of what, like one on, you know, it's not really one-on-one coaching. It's a very simple check-in process. I do have a coach, but it's much more just transactional, I guess. There's not a lot of back and forth answering questions or real coaching stuff. Um, So I, I have, I've started to question like, well, when do I... When do I let go of that? When is it time to like be like, okay, maybe I don't need that app in my life. And, and maybe it's, I mean, like I said, having a coach in your corner is great. Um, but it's kind of like what kind of coach, right? Serves you well. So with my clients, I think like the shortest one sticks stuck around for like a couple of months. Um, the longest client I have is still with me three and a half years later. Yeah. And we have... With that, we've gone from it was just straight up like very basic macro counting, tweaking numbers, leaning out. And then we went through a real phase of just straight up life coaching where there was very little nutrition coaching whatsoever. Got it. And now we're in a phase of about 50-50 life with nutrition stuff. But it looks very different from where we started just because phases of life have completely changed and priorities have changed and shifted and so I think like there's nothing wrong with you continuing having a coach, but like, right. does your coach offer you the kind of coaching you need at this point in your life? Yeah. Okay. And I mean, yeah, that's, I, it actually, that, that makes me think too of, you know, the first, our first podcast back this year was, you know, one of the things we talked about was like doing things intentionally and with purpose, Mm -hmm. like the perspective of that. And I think, um, that's true. Like, I don't want to just keep this, keep a coach, keep this app, um, right. Like keep that accountability structure just because I've gotten into the habit of having it there. Um, you know, I, I should. It's always good checking. Like, does it serve me? Is it serving me right now? Um, all right. Well, I've got some homework. I've got some thinking. Yeah, like probably is... I'm gonna like ditch the scale again, and maybe I mean I probably should take the ring off. For you know, like sometimes it's just like what what are you checking in with? Like you go down a rabbit hole of things, and then it's you sort of like it becomes just this part of life. Yeah, and you you know without checking in with like does this serve me well? What is what is what am I working towards here? Like yeah, what, what yeah, am I like, actually exactly. working towards? And as soon as you we've talked about you taking some of these things out, and I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't go cold turkey and suddenly be like taking everything off. Right. Because it's gonna be like oh. quit everything tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But see, like which 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 one could I take a little break from? You know, you don't even have to take it off. You just like ignore it or whatever, or just like, you know, which, which one dabble, dabble. I mean, you don't have to, it's just, just throw it out. But like, 
just I heard so many things in this past week where I was just like, dang, okay, there's a lot of people who have a lot of stuff that needs to to be worked on. I want to help everybody get yeah. into like a mindset, <laughs> but you know, one thing we we talked about earlier, which I want to get back to because I don't want to forget this when thinking about like scale weight and like feeling down and bad about it, yeah, is. And you mentioned your coach saying your brain kind of lies yes, to yes. you. Yes, yes. Why do our brains lie to us? That's right. Yeah. Humans default to negativity. It's a bummer. Like, like genetically, like in our DNA. Yeah, like we tend, like uh, we just that. default to, and obviously some people are seemingly much more positive than others. And some people have mental health issues, which makes it hard to ever see the positive. But right. it makes sense, like, if you think about it in terms of survival, if you think, like, oh, shit, that's bad, then you engage, like, fight or uh, flight. Okay, help and keep, then you keep it alive. Survive, right? <laughs> survival of this. Because if you were always that like, oh, yay, fluffy, big, grizzly bear, yay, Mr. Bear. Got it. You're probably going to get eaten. Fair, fair Whereas point. if you go, yes. uh-oh, that's bad. That's an unknown thing. I need to be cautious. So... If you are listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I'm such a Debbie Downer about all this. Like, no, no, you're perfectly normal. That's sort of how we're designed. But that's where the whole process of like noticing and naming and catching and being like, wait a minute, what is happening in my head right now? Like, what is this story? And one exercise I actually really love doing, and it's kind of silly. And if you do it for the first time, you're probably gonna be like, what is this BS but it works. I've done it. I've had a couple of my clients do it with hilarious results. You know, so like, and we may have talked about this in the past, but like, you know, in movies where they're building suspense and, you know, maybe you get the sense that something's creeping, lurking in the bushes, but you can't see it. (laughs) Yeah. Things that you cannot see are way more terrifying. Yes. When you're thinking about the possibility of something being there, as much as you don't want anything to be there, it's far easier to like mentally unpack it when you can see what the hell it is that's after you. So sometimes when you're like feeling I certain mean, ways, and I watched Stranger Things, and some of those creatures that ended up being the the scary things, I would have rather have not seen. But I think I get what the point is. <laughs> well, that's a lesson unto itself. Scary monsters. I watched. <laughs> about 10 seconds of Stranger Things episode one before I left the room. I'm not going to Hard pass. So like along with like the whole notice name thing, like what I'm saying here is like, if you have, you notice like this narrative that comes up, maybe you like, you got to get on the scale and it's just like this whole production of emotions and fear and like self-talk and all the rest of it. Name your monster. All right. This is like the story that's going on. Any negative story that's going on in your head is your monster right yeah get a pen and a paper and draw that son of a bitch see what comes out it's freaking fascinating like Mm. one of my clients drew her monster and like she she sort of as we were talking about it she wrote down some notes and then i was like in your own time just whenever it comes up draw your monster and the monster was all about a narrative that she'd had in her thinking about like body image and stuff for for decades so she draws her monster and text me a picture and it was full color it was beautiful wow okay she like really drew a monster and this okay. thing came out and it sort of resembled like a, a a cookie monster and because suddenly like this she'd had all of this stuff in her head but it, it translated to paper and looked like something that we see is actually kind of a big blue it's like cookie a monster blue right yeah, yeah, yeah blue fluffy thing right suddenly she like disarmed this monster and was like laughing at it I was like what the hell is this crap that's floating around in my head I was like uh-uh you're not scary to me and we began to shift the narrative okay this is like the ridiculous curse in Harry Potter I know nothing about Harry Potter I was scared of the first Harry Potter there's this movie. what oh my I was goodness. scared and then I fell well, asleep in it. so in like I don't know what uh the third or third Harry Potter or something. Um, there's this monster that when it appears to you automatically assumes the, it like feeds on your fear. So it automatically assumes whatever you're afraid of. Um, so right. Like if you're afraid of spiders and you come upon this, this creature, it'll just turn into a giant spider. And the way to get rid of it 
what actually does it in is laughter. So mm-hmm. then the spell that you use is ridiculous. And then what something happens to it. So like the girl that was afraid of spiders, she did the ridiculous curse and the spider all of a sudden had roller skates on all of its eight legs. And so it, it stumbled oh my around gosh. and it fell over <laughs> and then everyone else laughed and the laughter is what actually ends up. Um, so I feel like I, I get that. Like picture, picture your monster and then find a way to like disarm it. Mm-hmm. I like that. And like, I honestly, wonder what like, I would draw. So I should much try to draw my monster, huh? And the, but this is the thing. My like, monster's definitely going to be like a wine monster, not a cookie don't, monster. Don't <laughs> think it. Like, you don't want to overthink it. Like, you're not trying to manufacture the monster that you think you should have. Right. Just because now you've just defied the point of the yeah. exercise. You should just be like, all right, I'm going to sit here. And I remember somebody telling me to do, like, um, it was actually a PT that I saw when I was dealing with some neck pain, which turned out to be completely made up neck pain. Because oh. um, my... To herniated disc which i was blaming it on turns out it was actually healed, healed. and i was just like <laughs> it was actually stress in mm-hmm. my life that okay. i was going through and it manifested by like this neck pain it was just like because i was refusing to accept that i could possibly ever be stressed or it's something i couldn't handle yeah, yeah yeah it's something that just it was like i was feeling it i ignored it and so it showed up as something that it, you know, my body is obviously like, put it there and she's going to pay attention because this is something that happened. Yeah. And okay. uh, so this PT who's a friend of ours was like, all right, I'm going to ask you to do something and it's going to sound kooky as all hell, but just roll with it. Right. He was like, when you go home, you're going to get it like just like a blank piece of paper or journal, back of a receipt, whatever the hell, and just start writing. And I was like, writing what? He was like, doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't even have to be like sentences. Just write whatever the hell comes out right okay. and then like screw it up he's like don't read it throw it away and i'm like what in the hell are you talking about how can that possibly help my neck pain but i was just like all right hannah and i'm so like i in my past i have been so resistant to this kind of stuff like if you told if, if i five year or even you know five to ten year ago me was sitting here listening to me now talk i'd be like you have lost your damn mind <laughs> but i decided to be a good like patient yeah and follow through and so first of all i got home and i sat there with my paper and i was just like nothing like not a, i couldn't even think of a, a simple single word <laughs> i was like this is shit and i was like just forget and i just started writing and first of all it was just like random ass words and then there might be a sentence and I got to half a page and then I was just like, nope, this is dumb. And then I threw it out and I tried it again. And then finally it was just like something changed and the words, whether they made sense or not, or not, I don't know, never read it. But it was kind of like the same process as going, I've got a, something happening in here. Yeah. Gonna draw a monster out of it. And then you can choose. You can throw the damn monster in the trash if you need to, like, go, mm-hmm. screw you, you've left me. Or you can pin it up on the wall and frame it because it turns out to be kind of <laughs> cute. And it's kind of Not funny. at all as scary as you And then you can use it as kind of laughing at it and be like, oh, you silly thing. You were stuck in me and now you're there. I love it. But it's a good exercise to play around with. Yeah. You know, if someone walks in on you drawing monsters, you can. Hey, you know. Hudson Cross Day. <laughs> Probably, yes. Not the weirdest thing I've done in service of being curious about my mindset or therapy or... <laughs> but I think, you know, like with your journey, it's always it, it's always like a process of like asking yourself, like, what what is the point of this? Like, yeah, what is the goal? And, you know, yes, we have like performance goals, like end goals. For example, when we did like your destination postcard. Yeah. A performance goal might yeah. be like the trail that you want to do or like the mountain you're going to climb this summer. Yeah. But that's like a thing that comes to an end, right? You've done it. Check. Yeah. And if that's like kind of what all you're ever aiming for is like a thing that checks off, then you're always left with a sort of empty feeling and being a little lost. And so like now, now what? So yes, it is important to have like your performance goals like we do in the gym and the stuff that we do outside of the gym. But then the thinking in terms of like body weight and composition, the mastery goals, like the process, the work that you put in to get there is, you know, really, it's like outcome based, you know, versus like the performance stuff, you know, finding joy in the process and finding a way to make that process just like 
something that is sustainable for the long term. Because, like I said, for me, the, if I thought for myself that I had to live by a set of rules and measurements and, you know, apps and stuff for the rest of my life, it would feel like a jail sentence. Yeah, I was thinking Feels kind of earlier stifling. when you said, like, when you're 50 years old, do you still want to be doing this? And I was like, ugh, like that, that was horrible to hear out loud. Like the thought of like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't like I. It so, like, feels like that should be a a short term or at least like intermittent thing, right? Like, I mean, we have talked about taking breaks from the the regimented kind of you know phases of the journey, but because um, I think you yeah. know, like all of these things, like all of the data that we track and all the rest of it, they're sort of they are very like physical things right I want to be this body weight and I want to like sleep I get a sleep score of 800 and whatever it is and I want my recovery score or my day strain to look like x number yeah and we forget about you know feelings how do we feel yeah (laughs) the most basic of all the data points exactly how do we feel the one that we all have the most ready access to as well without any other devices just like how do you feel? <laughs> How do you know if you feel good? What does good mean? How do you know if you're eating healthy? What does healthy mean? Does it mean a set of numbers? Probably not. You've seen me. Like, remember that time when I was macro tracking a while ago? And my God, I could hit numbers like a freaking rock star. But yeah. I was eating cold, vegan hot dogs. So highly gross. processed. So gross. On top of something else like raisin bread or something that didn't even go with. Yeah. And then something else I can't even remember. But Be- I can remember exactly. It was a vegan hot dog on toasted raisin bread with um, that green Tabasco. <laughs> you put hot sauce on it. And, and that was breakfast. And I had worked all this out, right? I had it down to a fine art. I knew how to get to those numbers. Exactly the right macros. With yeah. the best of them. But is what I was doing healthy? No. Did I wake up and sense into like, what, what do I feel like eating today? Like what, what is my body asking for? Like, what are my taste buds craving this morning? No, I was like, I'm going to eat a set of numbers. Yeah. I'm eating a set of numbers. Exactly. Cause you know, in any other setting, if you weren't you and I'd walked in and someone were eating that, I'd be like, Oh, are you pregnant? Exactly. What a weird <laughs> craving. Who wants a vegan hot dog on raisin bread? Like, <laughs> and you know, f- food and eating and exercise and adventures. Like for me, it should be about like, there should be some joy in that, right? Food. You should be able to le- learn how to taste your freaking food. Like, taste it. What yeah. does that taste tell you? I, I I probably ate the damn vegan hot dog raisin bread Tabasco <laughs> combination so fast. Oh. Because it probably was really gross. Like, it makes me kind of go, huh, and I can eat some weird shit. The hot dog was that, cold? You yeah. didn't even heat up the weird No, because if dog? you heat up a vegan hot dog, it does weird things. Like, because I was, I, I didn't have, I didn't want to cook it in the pot. I was being lazy. So I would put it in a microwave if I ever heated them up. And they kind of bubble up and... Ew. Get weird. Okay, I haven't had a vegan hot dog um, in a very long time, but that sounds gross. But, you know, like eating a set of numbers, you're not really paying much attention to hunger and fullness cues a lot of the time. You're not really paying attention to flavor if you're just like, oh shit, I've got, you know, we've all done it, macro counting. You get to the end of the day and you've kind of screwed it up a bit and you got to eat some weird combination of just carbs and like three grams of fat or something right yeah yeah <laughs> or just protein so you're just like swallowing down egg oh my white, god like, i think <gasps> everyone who's <gasps> ever started that journey and like getting to the end of the day and all you have left is protein to hit and the only thing that does that is just plain egg whites <laughs> i mean like it's it's kind of wackadoodle like and i yes for a very short period of time or very specific reason it that play that has a purpose absolutely right yeah um yeah but as a kind of like, I've got to live the rest of my life eating my set of numbers, it sort of sounds terrible. Yes. Like recognizing when I'm, recognizing that, yes, that has its place at certain times, but. And for someone like you, yeah. you know, like you've done it for so long, like, you know, 
how to track, right? Yeah. So if you were to sort of slowly transition out of it and just see like what balance looks like for you without the assistance of numbers, if at some point, you know, six months time, you're like, I want to just check back in, track for a month, see how it feels. See, yeah. like, see, yeah. see if I've strayed from roughly where I felt good at you got the skills. Yes, it would be easy. Well, and I think that's why, right? Like I'm trying to remember the whole curiosity value, um, you know, as like one of my core values is like, why not, right? Do it for a couple months. If I want to go back to it, I know exactly how to do that. Mm-hmm. Nothing is, nothing is ever forever, <laughs> right? Like this thing, like, you know, you're constantly on this sort of like I was thinking, you know, life is like one of those things in the airport. Those those standy things that move along. <laughs> what would you what do you call them? Like the the walkway they things. Call them, they just call them moving walkways. Moving think, walkways, yeah. and you're just kind of like going right along, and they'll be you know you pass through different areas of the airport, just like you pass through different <laughs> phases of life, right? You're moving right along. It's like we should be open and adaptable to different phases of life and really check in with like what is good right now like what is important right now is it important that you weigh 150 pounds on the scale is it important if you weigh 152 pounds on the scale does it matter or shit if that changes probably not <laughs> definitely not like it is you know sure if you were like i'm going to Enter a master's weightlifting meet. Right. Yeah. I'm never and I'm going to enter this weight category and my lift meet, lift meet is in like two months time. Then and you wanted to drop to like 143 pounds. It's not a weight category. I just made it up. Uh, yeah. I don't know what the weight category is. And I don't even know what you weigh right now. I'm just like just throwing numbers out there. This is not a reflection of what Rachel weighs. I don't know what she weighs and it doesn't matter what she weighs. But let's just say, say your starting point was 150 your weightlifting meet in three months time was 143, then yeah. Then it would matter. You have a purpose, a short-term like goal to hit that, all right, what I weigh matters because I want to compete in this particular event and I won't be allowed to if I don't weigh in at that thing. Yeah. But apart from that, if like your whole focus is like, oh, I've got to be 143 pounds in three months time because I said Just so. Because. <laughs> For no real reason, then you can bet your bottom dollar if you got there. Just like I was saying, looking in the mirror and changing from early pandemic Rachel, who just started nutrition coaching, to like now going bing. Like, if you get to something like 143 pounds just because you wanted to be 143 pounds, you may for a hot second go, like, oh, look at me, I did it, yay. And then you'd look straight in the mirror and be like, but I could be 138. And right, you, you just that's pull your thigh up a little number. bit and be like, yeah, yeah, that would bit would go, and this bit <laughs> would lift, and 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 this bit would be different, and then maybe you'd get to 138 pounds, and you'd be like, yay, the scale says I made it, but but actually, there's a bit here that's not quite right, and it's like it's never ending. Yep, it's true. If my I write, I mean, yeah, it absolutely is true because if my brain is telling me that it doesn't see a, a certain difference between 18 months. It's like, yeah, which everybody else going. can see. Yes. Yes. I think that's the biggest deal. Like that's the, that's the thing that really like the point I want to make here is that unless you're surrounded by a bunch of assholes who are right. all liars. Yep. Which I yeah. don't think you are. No, I, I hope none of us have only assholes around us in life. That would be you. Terrible. Everybody else who's seen your progress pictures sees a difference. Yeah. A noticeable difference, not just like, yeah. and it's true that goes by. I mean, one of our earliest podcasts was on things like recognition and like, right, like hearing from other people, um, you know, and that can obviously have its downsides too if you've got assholes around you, especially. Um, but yeah, you're right, you're right. I mean, it was Im- more so than at any other time, it was probably important for me to share those photos with at least a couple other people. To just hear other people tell my stupid brain, that's a big difference. And the good thing is how you see it. I see it this way. Is that you are aware that like, hang on, if I'm not seeing a difference, maybe that's, that's like a 
issue. Recognizing my own red flags. Yeah, yeah and that's a really yeah. good thing because a lot of people don't. And then a lot of people end up in a lot of trouble in terms of like their relationship with food because it's just... Yeah. So that's a good thing to be able to be like, hmm, that seems off that I not necessarily registering something that yes because at least one part of my brain was still like comparing it to the amount of work that I know I've put in right so it was also like there was still a part of my brain that was acknowledging I've put a lot of effort and time into very you know intentional work in the past 18 months so you know my brain was could know both of those things at the same time, even though they end up in conflict with each other. And I think this brings up a couple of really important points. Like I want to say like most of us, all of us sort of have a a sort of natural set point in your body and you can change that just like you've been changing Mm it. But at some point, like, you know, I've spoken in the past, like all of my weight, not all of it, most of my weight sticks to my ass. (laughs) And for most of my life, it's bothered the crap out of me. And I, go against trends where I don't like having a big butt. But I'm also at a a phase where I'm just like, am I honestly going to spend the rest of my life being semi sort of hungry every time I go to bed, always turning down dessert and stuff like that and being bothered because, you know, like, sure, I can lose my ass, but I don't want to have to live in the way that I have to live in order to have no ass. Right. It's right. just not worth it. I'll take a bit of ass. <laughs> <laughs> and that is ass. the takeaway quote take from ass. this podcast. Yes. Because it's like, true. If I said to you, like, Henna, when you're 50, do you want your ass to be your main focal point no. throughout the day? I really like, hope I have more important things in my right. life to focus on yes. and yes. to get hung up about than the size of my butt. Because let's face it, that thing's following me around. I don't have to look at it. And if anyone else is offended by it, well... Yeah. Bugger off, as the British would say. The other thing... There are people in your life that like looking at your butt, I think, so... Well, that's good. There you go. Hello, friends. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I want to... They also would like to get some ass, maybe. I don't know. We do trade. We <laughs> trade. Maybe by the time we're 50, that'll be an option to, like, trade bits of, bits uh, right? of ass yes. for a bit of boobs, you know? <laughs> there we go. I'll take, you, take one ass for two bits. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is, like, thinking about the scale weight and all of these issues coming up is like really understanding like what is actually in your sphere of control. All right. Mm-hmm. Talking about like body set points. Like if your body right now, you look great. If your body is really happy where it's at now. Yeah. Is it, you know, you're going to have to fight the hell out of it to change it. I'm not saying that it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, right exactly. There. Absolutely. And you know, checking in is is that worth it like is a fight for the rest of my life to to be able to see like a little bit more ab or for me to have a little bit less ass cheek is is, no not for me right now my clothes feel good I can do what I want to do in the gym I feel healthy I feel like I'm in a positive good mood most of the time that I've got good energy that's that's about as good as I could ask for right yeah but like understanding what's in your sphere of control for all of you who have had a tricky relationship with the scale, that you don't have a lot of control over that number. You really don't. And just like anything in life, if you don't have the only things you can control, like you were just saying, like, I feel like I put in so much effort, it should be reflected. Yeah. But it just doesn't work that way. And yes being consistent with exercise and eating healthy and sleeping well and drinking water and all the rest of it will help you get to, you know, your best health, be able to perform optimally. But in terms of how that translates as the, you know, in terms of the scale, well, you're also looking at building muscle too. So that scale yeah. weight is kind of sort yeah. of a moot point. Scale weight's always going to be bullshit, <laughs> right? Like when it comes down to that too, it's, it is. All right, I'm I'm ditching the scale again. I'm ditching the scale. Retire that thing. Retire that thing. I'll throw the bathroom window out the scale. What did you say? (laughs) (laughs) Just throw the bathroom window out and the scale. The funny thing about that is our our bathrooms don't have windows. Uh, Neither of them do, so yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> Throw it off the balcony. There you go. There you go. Uh, so I, you know, I, I would say for me, the point I would really want to make it from this podcast, like we sort of opened it up calling it sort of a mindset podcast. It's yeah. like, wake up in the morning and like check in with that. Like, what are your thoughts? And then how you actually feel. Yeah. And if there's some kind of a disconnect, like maybe you've just been having a narrative, telling yourself something for so long that you are overriding how you actually feel. And it's like, it's so important. Like, how do you freaking feel before your watch tells you how you feel or how you should perform or yep. what your expectations yep. for your day should be? And before the scale ruins your life for the day and puts you in a <laughs> goddamn bad mood for no good reason whatsoever. Yeah. Pause. Check in with how you actually feel and think about what you actually need then. Like, what do you want to taste for breakfast? Not what your numbers mm. tell you should eat. What do you want to taste yeah. that day? I guarantee you, your body will never say vegan hot dog. On, on top of raisin, raisin bread. bread with a with green Tabasco. Tabasco. <laughs> yeah. And if it does, take a pregnancy test. Take a pregnancy test. test. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. If that's what your body says when you wake up. <laughs> but God help me. I'm so glad I'm never having kids because could you imagine? The kind of shit I'm going to go back to the weird. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, what what's your takeaway from our conversation today? I mean, I think it's, again, just really reaffirmed for me that keeping a mindset or maybe, I don't know what to call it, a mindset or keeping a core value of curiosity is is, I think, the right thing to pursue, right? Like, if I'm reminded at any point of like, oh, is this the time to maybe change things up or like, I fell back into something that wasn't useful before, like similar thing, like name it as that and then keep being curious. So I think my takeaway is I'm going to keep being curious and I think I've got a good sense now that the next thing to be curious about is what it looks like when I take a step back from tracking, when I ease off on the kinds of things that have just now become like rote habits. Um rather than having like a purpose and an intention behind them. I'm going to buy you some like spaghetti that's like numbers so you can keep eating your numbers. <laughs> oh, like alphabet yeah. soup, but numbers. numbers. I'm sure they have that out there. We're just eating numbers. <laughs> it's just the new, it's the macro counting of 2022. Just eat actual I love numbers. It. I'm actually eating numbers. Yes. I love it. You can Done. Cut, can cut your piece of fish into to numbers. <laughs> Well, I think that's pretty good for this episode. Um, it's just, it's been a fun one. I hope, I hope that it's useful. If you're in a sort of a spot with sort of a difficult relationship with the scale or a number that is just spat out at you, and remember that if you did just get on the scale and it told you something you didn't necessarily like, it will tell you multiple different things at any given time of the day. And anybody who's ever been to the doctor's office in the afternoon and you've been in you know, told right. to get on the scale and you weigh 10 pounds more because <laughs> that's happened to me yep. than you did in the yep. morning, you will know that it's a fickle beast and, you know. And you didn't actually gain 10 pounds. You didn't actually gain 8 10 pounds. 8 a.m. and 2 p.m. <laughs> so there it is. Uh, brain's going to lie. Mindset is, you know, it's a very important piece of the puzzle. And don't forget to feel the feels before the tracking devices tell you how you feel. Feel the feels. Done. And that's all I got for you. We'll see you <laughs> next time. Well, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>